welcome to Widow Too Soon. This is Michelle Bader Eversole. I am sitting not with Mark. Um, he is busy, I believe, out of town for Fourth of July weekend. Um, so I'm sure he's having a wonderful time with Tina and the kids. And so I'm excited to do this interview today. So let's see. Usually Mark and I do like, let's catch up on what's been going on, but I don't really have a lot. We recorded a few days ago and I'll just save that for when he's back next week and we'll talk about this. So we're going to get right into our episode today. I'm very excited um, to be sitting down across the country on Zoom <laughs> um, with, let, tell me if I say this right, Kristen Lattice. Is that Lattice. right? Lattice. Yep. Lattice. Just like the fence. <laughs> okay. I should have asked you before. Differently. No, that's I always totally forget fine. to ask people, but we're really big on being authentic. So this no. is, that's <laughs> I what I love about me. you guys. Oh yeah. yeah. So I'm so excited to hear from you, but I'm always curious. Um, how did you find our podcast? before we get started. I lost my husband and just mm. this past January 8th and it was super lonely. I was on the remote island, a big island of Hawaii, mm. you know, 6,000 miles from my family. It was all by, all by myself. And I actually started searching for grief podcasts because okay. I wanted to hear voices, like somebody talking at night. Yeah. Like the house was quiet. Uh -huh. <laughs> it just felt so lonely. I mean, so I started, I, I started with grief. I found a couple grief podcasts. I went through those. And then I realized all of a sudden that I'm a widow. I, I just mm -hmm. suddenly realized, oh, I yeah. should look for that. So yeah. So then I started looking for widow podcasts and I found a couple and they didn't really connect with me. And then I found your widow goals one. Oh, that's and right. That, okay. Yeah. And that was like, just exactly what I needed. It was where I was. Cause I had just lost him. Yeah. And, you know, just hearing going through it day by day. And the one about you said about you were chosen. I mean, that yeah. just was like, Oh, mm. hit me. Wow. So, yeah. So I did that. And then I found your widow too soon. And, um, so, and I just loved it because you guys are real, totally real, <laughs> but you also like randomly sing nineties songs, <laughs> right? And, you know, go down rabbit holes. Oh, so much. I love that. No, I love oh, that. It's like, Oh, I can laugh. I can actually like laugh and, you know, and still be grieving, but I can, it just was great. And at, at night, like I said, it was just Aww. a blessing. Yeah. Well, thank you. We love to hear these stories. And I mean, cause it just started with me and Mark, like, oh, let's start a podcast, really more me pushing it. And <laughs> I think we were telling our last guest, I don't know if it was off air or on here, but I'll share it again. Like how we used to do the podcast. Like it would have to be like bullet points all written out. He speaks for five minutes. I speak for five minutes. And then I think it was like episode 10 or 11. He's like, I'm just going to wing it today. I was like, no, we can't do that. <laughs> but then we realized we could. And so it is more authentic because we don't have all these notes anymore. We just generally think of a topic and then we just start talking and the two of us can definitely talk. So right, right. <laughs> that's kind I of how it. it was born, but enough about us and the podcast. I want to hear from you. So I love for our listeners to hear your whole story, this journey. If you want to start with like how you met your husband, a little bit about like your marriage, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So we met actually back in 1987 mm -hmm. um, on Maui, Lahaina, Maui. Uh -huh. And I was 16. He was 26. He was living there. Um, and I had just flown in with my family. Um, every once in a while, my grandparents would, instead of Christmas presents, they would take us all um, to like a location. We went to Antigua one year, and then the second one was Hawaii. Um, so we all flew in, and it was too late to go to the ocean. So the resort had, or the development had a pool right on the ocean. So we're like, let's mm. all go there. So it was my grandparents, my aunt, my mom, my cousin, and I. 
we all go to the pool and guess who was there? John, my <laughs> my future husband. Um, super tan, tall, surfer-looking guy. And I was mm. like, oh my gosh. And how old were you at this point? I was 16. Oh, you're young. I could tell he was older. I didn't know how old. He turned out mm-hmm. he was 10 years older. But Oh, wow. I know. So it was all very <laughs> exciting for me. I was like a teenager. Right. But anyway, we, it was a small pool deck and I had to like walk. We all had to like file right by him. Yeah. And so we filed by him and I was like, oh my gosh. And went across the pool, sat in lounge chairs. And my grandmother's like, he's cute. Oh my gosh, he's so cute. And I was like, oh my gosh, please keep it together. <laughs> you know That's I mean? funny. Yeah. So anyway, he got in the pool. He started swimming laps. And I think my mom was like, oh, go swimming. So I did because I love to swim. So swimming right next to him, he accidentally bumped into me in the pool and was like, oh, sorry. And oh, it's okay. <laughs> nice move. Yeah, I know. And that was like it. That was the extent of it. But um, so then he left and then my family and I left and our condo that we rented had a bicycle. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out for a bike ride. And I went around, look, I was looking for him and yeah. I saw him and he was walking and it turned out he had been walking around looking for me too. Oh, um, cute. So I, yeah, that was cute. But I drove by, I didn't know what to do. So I drove mm-hmm. by on my bike and, and I rode by him and he goes, Hey, wait. Um, and I said, who, me? And he's like, yeah. So anyway, so that was, yeah, it was cute. So we were just kind of connected and, you know, he had to work and stuff. Um, but he, we also, he took me snorkeling and with turtles and I mean, we just had a great week oh. together. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was super, I just, we had a connection. Um, I was devastated to go home back to mm-hmm. high school, but, um, yeah, we kind of kept in touch a little bit. We wrote letters, but, um, Sweet. he wanted to come see me, but it was just like, just felt too adult you know 10 years yeah, difference when that's you're a lot when you're 16 it was a lot yeah so lost touch and then seven years later I got a call from my grandmother on the answering machine she says remember John Lattice from Hawaii and I'm like yeah well he found my number in his old address book and I didn't want to give him your number but here's his number in case you want to call seven him seven years yeah. passed seven years and she had it and gave it to you good job Grandma. yeah that's I know awesome I know so um yeah so uh, it was a more appropriate. I'd gone to college. I yeah, was 24. He was yeah. 34. So I was like better. Okay. So we reconnected. We were still, I was in LA. He was in Fresno. So it's kind of long okay. distance, but he was a pilot. So he could fly Aww. down. He could jump seat for free. So we'd see each yeah. other every two weeks. Um, and it all happened pretty fast. We reconnected on like Memorial Day. And then October, we were engaged and married wow. January 7th. Yeah. So it's just kind of like we knew and yeah. Um, yeah. So it was great. Wow. I mean, yeah. That's a beautiful story. That's Thank what I've you. never heard before. Like, <laughs> I know. For seven years and then back together. So what was it like when you first like saw each other? Like, how did that happen? How did you like actually see each other again? Where, where did that happen? Um, yeah. So he drove, he was from Hermosa beach, California, mm. and he had borrowed a friend's house. And I was living in like Burbank, I guess. And I just mm. drove and met him and I was nervous. Yeah. And yeah. He had a really nice car. I had like, a, I think it was a 280Z or something, but it was kind of beat up. And then he walked out with like jeans and socks. I don't know. It was just really surreal, but it was uh-huh. just also really exciting and yeah, um, nervous. In fact, I had a secret code with my roommate. I'm like, I'm <laughs> going to call you. And if I say, you know, everything's going fine, then you don't have to worry or something. We yeah. had like a code. Yeah. That's cute. But everything was fine. So yeah, it's uh, a little bit like Joel and I were just talking about this because um, we went to the same restaurant. We've met again at Applebee's with 
all of our kids when he flew out here for the first time, like a year and a half ago, almost two years. And we were just talking about that moment and how weird it was. Cause we hadn't seen each other in over 20 years Wow! <laughs> and then seeing each other again for the first time and how like surreal that was. So I can, I can relate somewhat in that feeling of seeing yeah. somebody from like a long time ago, but anyways, let's go back to yeah. your story. <laughs> oh no, that's okay. It's um, like you have these alternate lives and then they kind of come back together. Yes. It's like, this is weird. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you got engaged, you got married and then Mm -hmm. where'd you guys live? What was life like? Yeah, we lived in California for a few years. We loved warm weather. We were in Northern Mm -hmm. California, so it was pretty cold, but we were, you know, broke and working and John was um, a flight instructor at that point. Okay. Yeah. We went to visit my, the same grandmother. She was in (sighs) uh, Naples. Actually, no, she took us all on a trip to the Bahamas. Oh, wow. And yeah, this is a couple of years after we were married and we went there with our family and we were like, we love this tropical weather. We love water. Mm-hmm. We just love this. And, and she was living in Naples, Florida at the time, which is like Southwest warm water, you know, tropical basically. And yeah. Like, what if we move there? We can be close to her. We can keep an eye on her. Um, so that was our first major move. We'd both grown up in California. Um, he had yeah. traveled a lot, but um, so we did that. We just sold everything and but we couldn't buy a house in California either it was so expensive so we bought our first house in Florida like a mile from the beach and mm. so it was a good a good move it was hard to leave you know my mom and stuff but yeah um, yeah so that kind of started our adventure and we stayed in Florida um, until my grandmother passed away in 2012 mm. so that was in 98 1998 when we moved so we stayed there a while kept got to keep an eye on her and mm-hmm. be with her and kind of help her so that mm-hmm. was great um and then after that, we decided we were ready for an adventure. So we sold our, we had two Florida houses. We sold them and started moving because John was a pilot. He could live anywhere there was um, right. an airport. Yes. You know, a major airport. So we're like, mm-hmm. let's take advantage of this. We don't have any kids. Let's, we're adventurous. Um, so we, we went to Boulder, Colorado for a year and a oh, half. Okay. And then we went to Tucson for a year and a half. We spent a little time in the Pacific Northwest, like a summer. Oh, nice. Wait, yeah. where, I'm just curious where. Yeah, we spent like a month in Portland, Oregon. Okay, that's right month. next to me. <laughs> okay, awesome. And then a mm-hmm. month in um, Seattle. Okay, yeah. So, so we, I live like 10 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes from Portland. So. Oh yeah, we yeah. loved it. We, it was so different, and I mean, mm-hmm. we considered staying there longer, but we, it was hard to find a place that we wanted could wanted to rent. So. Yeah. And I had been missing Florida and we had visited St. Augustine, which is on the northeast, kind of the total yeah. opposite end of Florida but it's just, it's a surf town. It's a college town. There's lots of live music, um, lots of diversity, you know, and everything. And um, I just, I was like, why don't we go back there? And he was shocked. He's like, really? But when he did, he was like always up for an adventure, nice. which is great. And you know, the beaches are beautiful up here, lots of surfing and stuff like yeah. that. So, so we did that. We moved here and we um, stayed here for five years, which we, it was a long time considering we kept moving. Yeah. Um, and I, we really liked it. And I was ready to buy a house at that point again, but he wasn't ready. Um, and we had considered maybe moving to the U.S. Virgin Islands or renting, you know, but it was we couldn't really get our health insurance down there. Um, and I said, well, what about Hawaii? And so we prayed about it. We did research and we could get health insurance, affordable health insurance. And we're just like, oh my gosh, we're wow. we prayed about it for like two weeks. Yeah. And we're like, you know what? We've always wanted to go back to where we met. We've never made yes. it. You know, I thought we were going to visit there, 
but let's go and move and we'll live there for a year and travel to the island, see where we met. So we just went for it. It was like right after like COVID was still happening when you can only travel within the US. So, but okay. we were able to move there. Um, oh, it was scary telling my family because it's so far away, right? Yeah. Yeah, but we did it. They're used to us being crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we did. It's hard. It was hard, a hard move, um, but it was so wonderful. We ended up, God blessed us with like the best landlords up on the North Shore of Oahu, which is where mm -hmm. all the big surf contests right. are. And that was a dream of John because he grew up surfing with his brothers in oh. California. And that was on his bucket list to see that, right? you know, so we got to do that, nice. we did that for a winter and we got to snorkel. And I mean, shortly after we got settled there, we were on the beach and he, we were in chairs in the shade. And he said, Oh, I, I want to live here for the rest of my life. Wow. And I said, yeah. And I, I was like, Oh, we can actually like, we love this place. We can actually buy a house and he's not going to be bummed about it. And it was just, it felt like the right mm. thing. And we didn't know how short it was going to be, right. um, but it just, we really loved it. We had a great year and a half and I I'm so happy. We didn't know about what was coming because we yeah. got to really enjoy it. You know, we took a year, um, went to all the different islands there and kind of thinking, you know, in the back of our mind, where can we afford to buy a house? Right. And, um, ended up on the big Island, um, Oh, before that, I mean, we did the, right before the big island, we did go to map back to Maui. We got to okay. stay in the same development where we met. We uh, recreated our only photo. Um, so it was really special. It was really, yes. We went to the pool and yeah, that we met at. It was crazy. Yeah. Mm. But um, that was like 35 years later. Wow. Um, yeah. So then we went back to the big island. Um, was just kind of looking at houses, found one that we both really liked. Um, I wasn't really, didn't really want to change islands. Um, but it was a lot more affordable. Yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't think so. Let's just wait. And John got really down and quiet and mm -hmm. that really wasn't like him. Cause he didn't yeah. really want to buy a house that much. He liked renting. And I, for a few days I was like, Oh, well, it's okay. I mean, I really could see us living there and, you know, we're always up for an adventure. And so he just brightened up. And so we, this was, um, like August of 2022. Okay. Um, uh, in the meantime, he had this hard thing behind his belly button mm. and he just thought it was an infection. So he spent like a month getting like different creams for it. Um, yeah. And I didn't really think anything of it. I actually thought right. it was like a hernia because it was hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And finally I said, well, why don't you go to the dermatologist? And he said, oh, that's a good idea. So he went and the dermatologist said, I think that might be a sister Mary Joseph nodule which we had no idea what that was. That sounds made up. I know it does. And it, it was, I know, like, exactly. Like what? And it doesn't sound bad. It sounds like a good thing. I don't know. Oh, Sister Mary. Yeah. Just, what? yeah. Never so heard I guess that. it was named after a nun back in okay. the 1800s who discovered that people who had this didn't live very long. Oh. Um, so he sent me the article, John sent me the article the next day. Um, and it was like a late stage cancer especially oh, no. pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And I said, I said, I just don't think you have that. You don't, you're not, I would think late stage cancer, you would be having symptoms. Yeah. He was, had no symptoms, you know, anyway. So immediately we, and we we're like about to close on the house. Um, we're 95% packed up. And um, so the last two weeks we're going to the hospital, getting scans, got, we're dry. He got getting blood work or whatever. And we're driving back from after the scan and um, it takes about half an hour to get home. And he gets an email. He's like, oh, I got the results. 
And I said, oh, let's just wait till we get home to look mm -hmm. at them. You know, he goes, okay. And then a minute later, he like goes on and look at it. And yeah. I'm driving, I'm driving, right? And he says, oh, it's what I was most afraid of. And it's a mass on the pancreas. And I just started crying yeah. immediately. And he's like, oh my gosh, do you want me to drive? I'm like, no, I can drive. I just don't want you to have that. You know, it was just, I just, we both couldn't believe it. Um, so anyway, it just started this whole flurry of, you know, he has a good physician friend who has just went and started doing all this research. He can get genetic testing, all these things we had to do and decide, are we going to go through with this house? Um, right. So it was just a lot going on and yeah. it was just a move in two weeks. And um, at that time we had found there was a really good cancer centered, really close to our big island house. And a good oncologist, we talked to him and John was planning to get treatment. Um, and, and I left it kind of up to John, you know, and at the end he said, you know, I just don't want to die in this house where we were. It was a wonderful location, but super noisy, real mm -hmm. dense with neighbors. Um, so, and, and the big Island house was just beautiful. You could just hear wind in the trees and wild chickens and cokey frogs. And wow. it was just unbelievably beautiful. And I said, okay, let's go, you know, whatever you want, we'll do. So we did, it was, and honestly, I thought he would have a couple of years. I just, he yeah. had zero symptoms. Um, and then we got over there. It was really hard. We did it. Um, and then about a week into it, right before he was to start treatment, he said, you know, I really don't think I want to do the treatment. We did more research and the mm -hmm. side effects were just going to be horrible. Right. He wouldn't be able to go snorkeling. He couldn't eat mm -hmm. ice cream. I mean, it's just, right. And I said, whatever you want, I support. Right. And it was going to be hard for him to see him instantly sick because he was still doing everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he just brightened up. He was, and he was full of peace and joy. And, you know, he's very, had a lot of faith. Um, and we had like three good months you know, we got to snorkel, we got to hike, he was definitely slowing down. Um, for Thanksgiving, we went to a resort just because I was getting kind of depressed and sad, you yeah. know, at this point. And the whole big island house for me felt sad. Um, mm. But so we went to a resort overnight, we got massages, treated ourselves. And I was like, Oh, act like nothing's happening. It feels good. Right. And he came out and he said, I think that's my last massage. You know, it's just too painful. He really didn't complain, but things like that, he would say, and I'd yeah. be like, oh boy, you know, okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then a couple of weeks after that, we went flew to Oahu and saw some friends for the weekend. And it was so great. My heart was full. We saw everybody and went to church and we came back and he said, I think that was my last plane ride. It was just oh. too uncomfortable. And I was like, wow, you know, I just don't know these things until you tell me. And I'm glad yeah. you tell me. Yeah. And then shortly after that, he said, you know, I think I have to stop driving um, and it became too uncomfortable for him to even ride in the car. But I mean, he was a trooper. He went to Christmas Eve service and I took him to YPO Valley lookout and we did our last selfie. You know, we didn't know it was our last one, but yeah. I think he did a lot of things for me too. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, we went, we had an appointment with his oncologist January 5th, um, which is Thursday. And I, then I was kind of nervous and I didn't ask a timeline, but we were walking right. out and I said, I said, you know, do you have any sense of like timing? And the doctor said, you know, his heart and lungs are very strong. So I think two to three months. Mm -hmm. And John was in a lot of pain at that point. Um, he, he had started morphine and he had, and he had started one fentanyl patch. Mm -hmm. um, and the next day was Friday and his pain was like a 10 out of 10. 
And so I called hospice. They said, put him, let's add him on one more fentanyl patch. And so he got that. Um, our pastor from the Big Island and a friend came up and prayed with him. And I mean, John was, you know, strong and he swept the patio for them and, you know, all that. But, and then the next day, uh, January 7th was our 28th anniversary. Um, wow. And yeah, we woke up and it's like, oh, happy anniversary. You made it. You know, I just yeah. really wanted him to make it to that. Yeah. And, and he was like, oh, happy anniversary. But I, I don't think it really connected. I think the medicine was, yeah. you know, I was losing him already. Mm-hmm. And so that was really sad. It was just a lonely day, but you know, cause he was sleeping mm-hmm. a lot. Um, but he did that morning, he did have a zoom call with his men's group from Oahu and the pastor. And it was, and he had to do it from bed. Um, but I'm so happy he got mm-hmm. to do it. I and mean, he remembered everybody's name and he's like, I've been oh, praying for your son. And wow. people couldn't believe that they were remembering, you know, people he hadn't even met, but he was praying for them. So he was such a trooper. Yeah. Um, so after that ended, he's like, are we done socializing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we're done socializing. Honey. Yeah. So, um, and that day, um, yeah, he didn't really leave his room. I think the medication was just too strong and yeah. I just kind of took care of him and as best I could. And then he went to sleep and he said, don't go to sleep. Cause I'm scared, you know, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. So, you know, I stayed awake and I did eventually kind of fall asleep, but I would wake up and hear him breathing and stuff. And so the next morning was Sunday, the 8th and he was breathing. And I, I said, Oh honey, do you want some oxygen? And he woke up and he said, Oh yeah, I do. So, um, he was drenched and I, I got a wet towel and I wiped his face and he said, Oh, that feels so good. And then he went to sit up, um, to get the oxygen and he just passed out and yeah, he just never, never woke up again after that. But, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm glad I got to speak with him, you know, and I'm glad he knew I was there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad he didn't go in the night and I've been wondering, was he looking for me? Um, so I, I mean, I could tell he was, bre- he was still breathing, but he was doing the breathing where, you mm-hmm. know, it's like soon. Yeah. I texted my family, our families, and they were on with me and I called hospice and they told me what to do. And yeah. I said, are you guys coming? And they said, no, we're not. We don't come until after he passes. What? Yeah. That's such a different my, experience than I had. Yeah. And it was like 630 in the morning on the big island on a Sunday. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. I didn't know any different. Um, wow. I'm so yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it was weird. And so, but I didn't know that. I was like, okay, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, they put, had me put some stuff under his tongue to help with his breathing. Yeah. And then he just, you know, slow, his breathing slowed. And my text, my family was texting me. I may have even been talking to the, some of them. I can't remember, but they were lit candles and they were with me, you know, from far away. Right. Um, and so eventually he passed and I was singing, I was holding his hand, singing mm. goodness of God by Bethel. And I was just crying, but you know, it's, it's how I wanted it. I wanted to be with him but it was also super traumatic, oh. you know, and sad, you know, mm-hmm. and I had these friends, we really didn't know very many people on that island, but we'd been going to church there. And this older couple had adopt, kind of adopted us mm-hmm. once they found out. And I texted them and said, John went to be with Jesus. And they said, do you want us to come? And I said, no, I'm okay. And they said, we're coming. And, yeah. and they just came yeah. and I'll just never, ever forget that. And it was so happy. Mm-hmm. So they came and they just stayed with me and they saw John and they were just so cool about the whole thing. 
remembering him. And they stayed with me until hospice came and it took hospice like two hours, you know, and yeah, they finally came. And um, then uh, they, it was Sunday and they were, they were supposed to um, teach Bible study. I'm like, you guys go hospice is here. So they went and taught their Bible study and hospice came and they were nice. She was great. I mean, and then they called the mortuary. The mortuary was wonderful. They didn't cover him up or anything like that. So mm-hmm. they just, it looked like he was going on a ride down to Hilo in the back of a van. I mean, he was laying down, but his face, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, his yeah. last ride. Yeah. Wow. They were super sweet. And, um, and then uh, Gloria, she came back and brought me a salad. So I had some food. So yeah, yeah I couldn't really wow. eat. But, yeah. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that alone. Thank you. Yeah. Like that to was, me would be the hardest part. And our hospice experiences are so different. They came to be part of it. And that's like, kind of what I thought. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure what that's about. Like my actual hospice nurse was out of town, but she right. actually had given me her cell phone number. So I was on the phone with her, but then the actual, like whoever was on duty came to our house and he right. gave us space and everything, but he was the one who came in and pronounced him dead and right, right, everything. So I'm sorry. Like my biggest fear was being alone and I was alone for part of it. Um, yeah. but it sounds like God gave you like a supernatural peace. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it, like I said, it was the way I wanted. I wanted him to, I wanted to be with him. I wanted to be holding his hand and singing. And I just mainly wanted to make sure he wasn't looking for me or, and right. he, he just seemed to pass out and kind of, you know, so, and I know he was ready. He was yeah. ready to go. I mean, he was reading a lot about heaven and, wow. you know, definitely in the word a lot. Yeah. So, but wow. it so was, yeah. What were those first few days and weeks like for you? They were really excruciating. Yeah, yes. really hard, really hard. It's just, you know, you don't know what's one they say you don't know until you know. And it really is like that. True. I mean, I, I was like pretty strong. I was like kind of the strong one and yeah. throughout because you kind of need to be. Yeah. And through Christmas, you know, I wanted to try and be as uplifting as I could. And um, you know, John even said, he said, I'm trying to look at it like not like it's our last Christmas, but like we get one more Christmas together, mm. you know. And so I tried to do that too. But um yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, like I said, lots to do, lots of decisions. I didn't know really what I was gonna do. Right. Um, but God kind of worked everything out. Um, his best friend with friend from high school was already gonna be coming to Oahu at the end of January. Oh I'm great. like, okay, great, let's do the service then. And yeah. John's brother and family, one of his brothers could fly out. And so it all kind of started working. And the North Shore, our our Oahu church, um, just really rallied. And I said, you know, all I want is for this to be live streamed because there's so many people, my family can't make it, you know, right. so my people have had surgery or whatever. And so they yeah. got it together. I had a lady who did the flowers for me and mm. ladies did food for me. And I mean, I, if I'd been on the same Island, it would have been so much easier, but I was on a different Island. Right. And so it was all coordinating. I did the slideshow, you know, by myself, I did all that by myself which was hard, but I'm glad I did it because I wanted it to be perfect, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so anyway, um, a couple of weeks later, we flew over for the service. That was beautiful. It was like, I couldn't have asked for better. Wow. Um, and people, my family was on it live. It was kind of hard to find the link, but they found it. And, and it, it's had like uh, over 
470 views or something now. Wow. So a lot of people have seen it. And so I'm it's such a blessing yes. uh, for me. Yeah. So after I find it hard, the hardest as I work with um, new widows and my, my experience after the service is over. It's like, for me, it was like, oh, I've, this gives me a purpose. I'm planning for this. And ours was so extended because of COVID. Like he died in May and the service was in August. Um, we did have a graveside service first, but only 10 people could come. But by August, right. we did it outside. Everybody could come. But anyways, I felt like I had a purpose. And then I remember after everybody left, I was like, what now? Did yeah. you have that same experience or what was it like for you? I did. I mean, I was so kind of amped up getting ready for the service. And then- yeah. The service was beautiful. I mean, it wasn't even really that sad. I was just right, so happy. Yeah, mm -hmm. to be around everyone, celebrating mm -hmm. his life and seeing everyone. And then I flew back to the Big Island and I had I was worried about it. And I could feel the darkness kind of settling mm. on me, you know, the loneliness. Yes. Yeah, definitely like, oh no, it's like he's, you know, I'm alone. And I had a big mountain because I knew I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna stay there. Yeah. So I knew I wanted to put the house up for sale sell all the furniture. I mean, I just had a lot to do, obviously, plus all of the, you know, paperwork and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so I just put myself into that. I had to go through his things, you yeah. know, decide the brothers want this and you know, all that. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't leave me with a, a lot. Think he said, I don't want you to have to touch one piece of paper, you know, but wow. so he did a lot for me. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But I found a journal, just a random journal he had written and seeing mm. his writing was like so precious. So I had yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. To this day, I still have like random like pieces of paper that has his writing that I just yeah. can't throw away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like writing. Recipes or yeah, scriptures. Uh -huh. I know. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It just makes me feel connected. Yeah. Now, did you have to work also? I didn't time? have to work. We were both oh. retired. He retired okay. early. Yeah, he retired early. Thank goodness. So he was 62 when he died, but okay. he wanted to retire at like 53. I think that was around oh, when he nice. retired. Yeah. And thank goodness he did because we right. got to have this time, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. And so when I, when he retired, he got lonely. And so he's like, why don't you stop? I'm like, okay. Yes. So yeah, we got to, um, we got to do stuff. So that's, yeah, thankfully I, I didn't have to worry about that. Um, that's so great. Yeah. So what are some of the things that helped you? Like, do you have specific verses or songs or just like, what helped you get out of that dark place that we're all in those first few weeks? Yeah, definitely. Um, listening. I'm not like doing this to promote you guys, but definitely your podcast. Oh, thank you. For sure. Um, <laughs> you know, cause it would just be so quiet and lonely at night mm. where I was. I mean, I was up, they call it the cloud forest. I was in the lower levels of oh. it, but it's, it's remote. I mean, we didn't have mail service. We didn't have oh, wow. trash, trash service. Yeah. It was like, Oh remote. my goodness. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't going to stay there myself, yeah. but anyway, so it was just lonely and you know, all my family were asleep. It was a time because of the time. Yeah. yeah. So having you guys listening to you was just, that helped me a lot. So oh, I would wow. say, yeah, definitely that. Um, um, what else helped me? Um, let me see. I think I may have written some stuff down. Um, definitely grief. I have a great grief counselor through hospice. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, she actually ended up being from Tennessee. And oh, like Mark. Like the, yeah, I know, <laughs> like the first Southern accent I'd heard in Hawaii. And yeah. it was such a comfort, instantly comforting for me. I mean, I grew up in California, but in Florida, you hear a lot of Southern accents. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it just felt like home. And she actually turned out to be a Christian too. And so we connected and we still like keep, we do, now we're doing a session like once a month. Oh, um, so awesome. she helped me a lot. And then she ran a grief group every okay. two weeks. 
And oh, so you good. could be with other people that were going through it. And that just helped me so much. I mean, just to have, I felt like there were little islands where I just have to like get, okay, get to Tuesday, get yeah. to Monday. Cause that's this. And, you know, every day I'd try to have an island that I could just make it to there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's amazing. Cause I didn't realize you were such what we call a baby widow, <laughs> like oh, less yeah. than a year that you're <laughs> only since January and you seem to be doing so great. What do you think, what do you think is like the thing that's really helped you? Not, not like the specific song or this or that, but yeah, like yeah, what, yeah. you know, just so our listeners can like learn from you. Oh, wow. I mean, definitely leaning on God. There was yeah. just a lot of nights and a lot of weeks where I felt like that's all I had was right. God and, oh, I. Yeah. and I felt so close to him. Uh-huh. Um, you know, one of my scripture verses, like I had, I felt like it was my foundational verse was like Luke one thirty seven, for no word from God will ever fail. Mm, and that's just that's like, good. I was like, no word from God will ever fail. Look at all the promises he has, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, I mean, that's a promise. It's not yeah. going to fail, you know, just so many, I mean, I could go, um, go on and on. So that for me, and I couldn't read the Bible. I couldn't, um, I couldn't read at all. I still can't really, I can listen. And, but what I did was I would have a scripture verse that I liked. I would put on an index card and I would read a couple, however many I felt like reading in the morning and at night. Mm. And sometimes it would only be one that just spoke to me, you know, just yeah. to me. and a lot of them I got from you guys. I mean, the one about the oh, collecting great. the tears in the bottle. Oh yeah. I had never heard that one. And I just shared that with my grief group here in St. Augustine. And I don't think a lot of them had heard of it. Mm -hmm. um so that's a favorite um I did have a time like um John asked me before he passed he said would you rather be in your position or my position and I said mm. oh I don't feel like I'm ready to die yet so right. I guess I'd rather be in mine and he's like well I, I understand you know and um and then after he passed it changed yeah. and I felt like no, I, and I wanted to tell him I was wrong. I, I don't <laughs> want to be here without you, you right. know, and I just wanted to tell him that, you know, you were right. I was wrong. And so for that, it wasn't like I was suicidal, but I just, the pain was too much. It yeah. was too hard to do everything I had to do, not have him there to help me or talk to me. And I, there was a verse, um, Deuteronomy 30, 19, I have set before you life now choose life. And I just knew I had to choose life. I just had to keep going. You know, it was going to be really, really hard days, but someday I'm going to be looking back on this and mm. just get through today. Just get to today. You know, that was kind wow. of, yeah. That's so great. Cause I do see such strength. And what I've noticed about you is you have taken steps. So the biggest misconception in grief is time heals all wounds. It'll be better. Well, there is some, like the intensity is not as much. You have to take steps and you have, you got a grief counselor, you go to a grief group, like that's huge. You found community, you found our podcasts, like you are doing what it takes. Cause when I right. see people stuck, it's normally because they haven't taken any steps. Yeah. You know? And so here you are, how many months now? It'll be six months. July okay. Yeah. Wow. Six months. Yeah. Wait, so did he pass away on your anniversary? Or um, no, the day before. So January 7th was our anniversary. He died January 8th. Okay. Well, I'm so thankful you had that day though. Even Me if you too. didn't fully understand Me that's too. 
That's I really- just, yeah, I just wanted to make it. I'm like, I want to make it. I just yes. want to say we had 28 years. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. here you are not even six months later doing good. What is life like for you now? What, where, what are you doing? What, yeah, just share with us what you do now. Yeah, and like- so much has happened. Okay, I sold my uncle fast, but I sold my house on the That's big fine. island. Okay. Sold all my furniture. I, I could only ship pri- flat rate priority boxes was the cheapest way. I did 50 of those. Oh, wow. Shipped them to a friend in St. Augustine um, and then spent two months trying to find a house to buy. Okay. Um, Is your family like your like the family you grew up with? Are they in family? No, but we we lived here for five years, so we have a okay. ton of friends. I have a lot okay. of like activities I can jump into. You're gonna say why did you choose that town? Because you lived there before. And... We did, yeah, five years. And, okay. You know, I just used to belong to a French group, and I can go back there, and just I had just felt more like home, you okay. know. And yeah, my family's a little bit spread out and also it's warmer weather down here. So yeah, <laughs> but it's closer for my family than Hawaii. So I, it's a compromise. Yes. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt you anyways, you moved. And- yeah. So I moved, um, it was living out of a suitcase for two months was exhausting staying. in. I think I stayed in eight different, like those, oh I mean, I was exhausted. I still am exhausted actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But I'm grateful that I found this place and actually, um, I was going to plant John a memory garden because I like mm. to garden. I was a landscape designer. Okay, and cool. I told him that before he died. And he said, oh, that's sad. And I said, I know it's sad, but I still am going to do it. And he said, plant me a Meyer lemon tree. And because oh. that was the very first tree we ever planted at our very first house. We did it together. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. And his favorite flower was Lobelia. And I'm going to, I thought in my head, I'm going to plant those. And my house ended up being on Lobelia road. Um, oh, wow. That's what I bought. Yeah. And <laughs> it wasn't special. like I bought it because of that. It just ended up being the one I kept coming back to. Um, but it just feels like, uh, it feels like, you know, God is new or wow. God is aware. Yeah. So it's nice. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you have friends there because you already knew them. Do you have a church yes. you like? Like what, what are your church. days like? What do you do? Yeah. Well, right now I've been trying to get my house set up. I only yeah. moved in <laughs> like a month ago and oh, wow. no, furni- no furniture and so I've been running around on Facebook marketplace and all that mm-hmm. stuff, but I'm finally now to the point where I think my house is set up. So I'm now hopefully going to try to do more like normal fun stuff sometimes, yeah. like get in the water, go to the beach, boogie board, you know, stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, you know, I, I'm trying to take care of myself by exercising, go to yoga. Oh, so and good. French group has been great. We meet once a week. And now what does that um, mean? A French group? Oh, it's just, we um, speak French, French oh, conversation okay. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. So we all learn French and then we actually have a teacher who is French. And so, but it's just a great group. We have a lot of different, Mm -hmm. you know, interests in common and just to have something every week that you go to and um, social is just great. Um, And I started at Grief Share here a few weeks ago. I started one at our church. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So So I see that you're taking the pain and turning it into something beautiful. Oh, thank you. you know, yeah. like no pain is wasted. Like God uses everything and like, you would have never chosen this life, but you're doing good with it. You yeah. Know? And so I'm so proud of you. Like oh, you're not even you. six months in, you're doing like you started a grief share 
you know, and you moved, which Mark and I both did. And we talk about, we personally think it's healthy (laughs) to, to move out of the house you were in and go somewhere else. And like, you did all of these big things and you're, you're in that process of like figuring out what do you want to do next? It's kind of like an empty, like book. Now your life, you can do anything. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I, I can't see what the future is. It's just right. blank. And, but I know I just, all I need is like the next step, mm-hmm. you know, getting this house was the next step. And then, you know, getting it set up was the next step. And I know the next steps will come, but I don't think God wants me to see the whole picture yet. Right. Um, and I don't really want to either, but yeah. it's just weird to like, have no idea what, what is going to happen, but just trust God. You know, it's like really it brings you closer to God because you're just trusting him. Yes. And that's what I did. Like every step of the way was because I want his way. I don't want to try and do it myself because I was terrified of making the wrong choice with the house and, you know. Yes. Yeah. And what do you think has been the most challenging part about being widowed? Definitely not having him, the person I'd go to for comfort the most not having him, you know, I just want yeah. to talk to him. I want to text him. I mean, right. I'm like, can I just text you once a month? You know, I'm like trying mm-hmm. to anything, you know, that's the hardest part. I want to tell him all this stuff that mm-hmm. I did. I changed, I had to change my own locks on the door and like, look, I did this and it was hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know what I did for a while? So I had to disconnect his phone because I couldn't afford to just pay for it. But yeah. the, well, the way that I, um, connected with him is I would send him Facebook messages for a while. And actually my kids did it too for a little bit. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And it just made it feel like we were saying something to him. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's just an idea like, or whatever. Sometimes I just say it out loud or whatever. Yeah. But I definitely, I agree with you. That for me was just, yeah. Like a year person that's, you guys were married. What'd you say? 28? 28. Yeah. 28 years. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a long time. And so I'm sure it's, you know, mine was almost 17 years and that was a long time. So I'm sure it's hard to get used to that. Um, so yes, what would you yes. say, I mean, you're a brand new widow, but like, let's say a widow in their first month that might be listening. What would you, what advice would you give them? Um, just try to connect um, with other people that are going through what you're going through, because, you know, if you're just going to be around random people who are going to the beach and having fun, you're just going to feel isolated. Yes. I mean, I just feel so removed from what their reality is. So try Mm -hmm. to, you know, listen to podcasts about it, try to find a grief group, try to find other people who are going through what you're going through. And yes, it really helps. Even if the program, whatever program isn't, oh, maybe this isn't the right thing for me, just being around the people, Yes, you know, and you can support each other and it just helps make such a difference. Yeah. You oh know, yeah. Think, that's yeah. great advice. I, I agree. I mean, that is something that I immediately started getting on Facebook groups and all these things and just trying to find people. I was just like, so hungry to meet somebody else who got it. I actually had like seven widow friends. I got it already put in my life yeah. and I called all of them and just wanted to know, does this get better? And like, please tell me it's not going to hurt so bad forever. And yeah. that's kind of what inspired this podcast too. I'm like, I want people to know that. Like I want right. them to know they're not going to stay in this horrible, horrible place forever. Yeah. So you've done a great job um, of Thank doing you. that. So what, have you picked up any new hobbies or like any new things you like to do as you're figuring out your new world? 
Well, I think I'm going to get back into bit boogie boarding. I have oh, to do, fun. yeah, I have to do like small waves because I have osteoporosis and my okay. mom is like, don't do it. But, yeah, but I can do, I can do small waves. Yeah. And definitely, you know, swimming in the ocean. I, that was John and I's thing and, you know, swimming a lot. So it's hard without him, but I definitely want to get back and, you know, be around people that are active and doing the stuff I want to do, you know, and try to yeah. stay young and not, you know what I mean? Right. Cause I'm we interested do... in that. Yeah. We don't have a choice what happens to us, but we have a choice what we do with our life afterwards. Yeah. And so I have seen the widows who don't get out and don't do all of that. And it's a much harder journey. Right. And so I think what you're doing is beautiful. I think you have an inspirational story to just still be what we call baby widow. <laughs> Anything <laughs> under a year, we say it's baby. We like, we started the podcast at like less than a year. Yeah. Like, we were just baby widows. I think I was maybe eight or nine months out and he was like, no, I was almost a year because it started in May. And yeah. But anyways, the point is, yeah, like, it's crazy. Like how, like how much God can use us in a short amount of time and heal our hearts. Of course, we still have the pain, the hurt, and we have to go through the grief and all of that, but he can heal us so much that we are able to help others. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. I love seeing that in you. Thank Thank you you for not only being willing to come on here today, but to be open and to share like what's helped you. And I know you're going to help other people who are at the same place in their journey as you to be like, okay, she's doing it. I can do this. (laughs) Thank you. you. Thank you. You know, the thing is that, you know, I can cry anytime. So, you know, and don't be afraid if tears come, just like, you know, it's okay. They come and I can't control it. And, you know, it's, it's like a kind of like a roller coaster. You're doing fine. And then all of a sudden you're sad again. So, but just keep taking the baby steps and surrounding yourself with good people. Yes. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. So um, if you guys like the podcast, give it a little bing, five stars um, on Apple podcasts. If you take a minute to review it, it's really helpful. We got one the other day about one of our guests and it actually meant a lot to the guests too. So I sent it to the guests and said, Oh, look what someone said about you. So if you want to spend just 30 seconds writing something kind, doesn't have to be about us. It could be about the guests. That would be awesome. It helps get the word out. We really are growing right now. I can't remember how many countries Mark would probably know (laughs) that we're in. Um, We are another thing I like to talk about is that we are now under the nonprofit widow goals. So widow goals, um, is a nonprofit. I started a little over a year ago and we do three things. We provide podcasts and social media. That's like the main thing that we've been doing before it was a nonprofit. We provide, um, grief recovery classes and scholarships to widows, and we provide local and hopefully one day national events. We'd like to get you all together for retreat. So if you have been touched by this ministry and you want to give back to a nonprofit, there's a link in the show notes. Um, it goes to help keep the podcast going and all the things that we're doing. So just want to share that. And if you'd like to be a guest, we are loving having guests right now. You can email us at, um, sorry, we just changed it. So I have to remember my muscle memory. Like I try to say, I always say the same thing for like 80 episodes, but it is widowed too soon at widowgoals.org. It'll be down in the show notes. Um, a really great place to reach out is our Facebook page. If you're not involved, we'd love to have you involved with that. There's a lot going on there with community. You can meet other people, just search for widowed too soon on Facebook and you'll find our group. So I think that's all the things. And uh, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye.